Welcome to Pods and Pies, our bogus sponsor is Summit Pizza. Summit Pizza. <laughs> We've been We don't have a real sponsor, so we, just we have we have pretend sponsors. Sometimes it's Domino's, sometimes it's Little Caesars. We got yeah. some chicken bacon ranch. Anything Love you don't like on that? Love it all. Perfect. All right, man. That's good. We got Adam Kessler with Academy Mortgage. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Good to be here. Um so first question right out of the gate here i need to hear your story about something to do with high school and a copier like a copy machine oh so you got dirt on me <laughs> <laughs> that's, good. that's a good one <laughs> well you know i worked at this awesome store it's called the store the store the store where did you go to high oh, school? In, uh, in, uh, off of, uh, in Cottonwood Heights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it's For a holiday. Holiday. Yeah. Went to Hillcrest. And uh, yeah. the store was great for some reason. So, uh, you know, I don't know how they do this, but they put 16-year-old boys in charge of, you know, 15, 16-year-old girls. Right? <laughs> so it's a recipe for disaster. So I worked there. I was a nighttime manager. And, you know, we just shut the store down at night, right? And stock and do, you know, whatever. And my buddy, you know, since you're throwing me under the bus, I'm going to throw his name out there. His name is Josh Smith. Great guy. Local dentist. He, uh, he was working the day shift on a Saturday, and I come in to relieve him, right? And we were, we were, we were good friends and still really good friends. And we are up in the break room, kind of like this room here, watching down over all the shoppers and the checkers and eating our dinner and he says dude you, let's photocopy our butts <laughs> and put them on the checkers check stands when they're not looking you know 16 year old yeah exactly like, yeah. like giddy up yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do this so, you know he's finishing his, his uh, sandwich and he says you first I'm like all right so I jump up on the copy machine you know hit print, hit copy as I'm pushing off of the copy machine, the pressure from me pushing off shatters the glass. Oh, no. <laughs> the spiders are right. And uh, the owner of the store, a great guy, um, at the time his name was Steve. I think he since sold it, but uh, he, was, he was a scary guy for a 16-year-old, right? He was a pretty intense dude. And, and uh, I immediately stand up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> broke the copy machine. And and you know, Josh says, "I can't believe you did that. It's the stupidest <laughs> thing you've ever done." <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That was your idea. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I call one of the other managers. I'm like, "Hey, yeah, I, don't, I think his name's Clayton." I said, "Hey, Clayton, I just broke this copy machine. What, did, what should I do?" And he's like, "Go home. I'll, you know, I'll smooth it over with Steve and Jeff, and you know, you go home and come back in the next oh, day." Oh, what a good cool guy! Life, right? Yeah. Did that work out? Well, so they weren't there, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I go home, you know, he covers my shift, and I, I come in the next day, and their office was, you know, at the end of this one of the aisles, and I turn the corner and walk down to his office, and, and he looks up and shuts his door. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I go knock on the door, and he just looks at me and, you know, waves me away. And, <laughs> you know, this goes on for, like, three or four weeks. You know, I'm not on the schedule. I'm like, I'm, I'm fired. I'm so fired. So you're just know. not even on the schedule. You yeah, just, I'm not on the schedule. You don't even really know what's going on. So I, like, I, I call them. I you know come in and you know nothing. <laughs> like three or four weeks goes by and finally I get a call from Steve. He says, he says Adam, this is Steve. I said, 
hey, Steve. He says, I need to talk to you. Come to the office. So, you know, I drive down to the store, go walk in the office, walk down this aisle. The whole way, you know, he's sitting at the end of the office. At the end of the aisle, just staring at me, walk down this, you know, this grocery store aisle. And I'm just sweating bullets. And I, you know, I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to jail, right? Because I broke a cop. Yeah. It's going through my mind. And, and he says, uh, you know, sit down. He says, I just got one question for you. He said, do you have any copies left? <laughs> I was like, no, I don't have any copies left. <laughs> did you actually get some copies that come out before you? Oh yeah, get, oh, yeah. Did you, I guess you were getting. Yeah, off. yeah, yeah. No, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't follow through after you broke it. You guys didn't put them out, like oh, the, the oh, original no. plan. Oh no, no, no. we yeah. we trashed those really quick. Yeah. <laughs> so how did he find out? Uh, well, so Clayton, the other manager, called him. And was like. Hey, Steve. Did you tell him, I mean, did you tell Clayton how you broke it? Oh, yeah, no, he knew. Okay, so oh, he yeah, knew. Okay. No, yeah, he knew. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> he was like, hey, man. And I was like, Steve, I'll replace it. I'll work for free, you know, you know, whatever. And you know, looking back now, it was like the you know old copier that doesn't work stuck up in a room that nobody uses, right? Yeah. So, you know, probably worth nothing. But he's like, you know, it's okay. I'm like, no, no, no I, I, you know, I'm not going to take pay. And so I worked for like six months, no pay. Really? Pay back. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That's awesome. Dang. It was good. That's so funny. Okay. But you know, if you're gonna copy your butt, don't put pressure on the captain. <laughs> That's true. Cut it down. So Hillcrest, when did you uh, graduate? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Yep. Met my wife. She was a ninety-nine graduate. Went to oh, really? high school with her. Yep. Heck yeah, dude. Didn't didn't date. She was way too good for me. Did you know her so in high school though? Yeah. I did. Okay. Yeah, we had a class together, and I was. I got know, the same story. Yeah. My wife was 90, I was 95, she okay. was 96 in the same high school, didn't date. Yeah. And then after, uh, after the LDS mission, we ended up, you know, anyway, dating and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah same see, deal. I, got, yeah. Yeah. Right. I dated my wife in high school though. The same thing. But see, you're a good we guy. See, in high school, I was not a great guy. If I would have dated her, I think I would have ruined my show. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was a senior and she was a sophomore. So as I had that little, little advantage, I had that advantage. She didn't quite know better. She yet. didn't know better. She, yet. She's <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> senior, cool. Yeah, let's date. <laughs> now she's stuck with me. Oh man, I got a great. Here, here's a funny story. This is one of my. This is one. This is my top high school story. Um, I don't know if you know if I've shared this with you. So we're, one night we just like, what are we gonna do? And. And we decide we have too many people in the car. We're in this like Ford Taurus, but there's, you know, it seats five. There's like seven dudes. And there's basketball players. You've got to play basketball. So we're not like small dudes. We're kind of big. We decided, well, one of you guys, one of you needs to go in the trunk. Because there's no way we're going to be able to drive around with seven guys. We'll just go wherever we're going. You get in the trunk. We'll just go whatever. <clears throat> so we decide, we drive, drive around. <clears throat> and then we, I have this great idea. I'm like, dude, you know what would be really cool is if we pulled up to the stoplights and then... You, I pop the trunk and you jump out and you start running away, but then two of my dudes jump out and we grab you and then we pretend to beat you up and then we throw you back in the trunk and then we just take off through the lights. And, and we're like, dude, this is amazing. Everybody's in on the idea, so it's amazing. So we do it a few times. We're in, I, I, you know, I grew up in Orem, so we're going downstate, you know, just stopping lights. And we actually decide, hey, let's, we'll, we'll get hoodies on too. So the guys that jump out got hoodies. You have your hands tied behind your back, you know, so you look like you're captured. And then you start running around, and we did that like three or four times, and then we pull up to a light. And then my buddy that's in the trunk, he's like, ah, I'm done, you know, I want out, you know, and he's kind of banging on the trunk. There's a cop behind us, and I thought that was just random. Like, he just happened to be behind us. 
So we're just telling them to be quiet. Anyway, I turn a corner. Next thing I know, there is three cops jumping the median in front of me, barricading me in, one behind, and then I pull <laughs> over. And we were doing, how dumb is this? We were doing it right in front of the police station. <laughs> uh, back and forth down State Street. So dumb. Anyway, they come, you know, they're like, put your hands out the window, and I'm just, I'm driving, and I'm this, you know, and I'm 16, and uh, maybe, actually, maybe I was a little older, but put my hands out the window, and, they, you know, obviously, we tell them the story, and there's just like six cops around, just listening to the story, the one dude is pissed as hell, the other ones are laughing about this whole thing, it's like, well, my buddy's in the trunk, and they're like, are you playing it, is he in on the joke, I'm like, hey, it's just a joke, you know, it, you know, so they didn't know if we were playing a joke on him or like we were being serious. So he's like, all right, open the trunk. So I get out of the car, I'm going to open the trunk, and I'm just praying that he's got, he's untied. Just had, like, just dude, just please be untied. So then you're looking, and he, thank goodness he was. Like, he's, <laughs> he had gotten done in the hands, and he's just like, he's smiling, and he opens the trunk, and I'm like, hey, dude, get out. So then we all get out, they get our licenses, and then literally the last thing he said is he looks at it, he's like, don't you, you know, they didn't take us or do anything after they told the story. Don't you ever do this in Orm again. If you ever do this, go to Provo. And then they got in their cars and left. And we just went on our way. Did you go to Provo? So you went to Provo. Provo. No, we, did, we were scared as hell. I mean, there's no way. But you should have gone down to Provo. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, we did, enough, we did enough stuff in Provo, granted. I mean, it was, yeah. that's usually where we went to cause, you know, cause problems. But, yeah, it was, that's yeah, it was awesome. <clears throat> I told my parents that story thinking they think that would be funny. My dad was so mad at me. And it's like, I'm never going to tell them stories like this ever again. Because what I am, I thought they would just, oh, that's a great idea, son. Oh, that's so funny. No. That's a post-marriage story. Yeah. You got to wait till you're yeah. married. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. huh. So how long has Academy been around? Uh, my father-in-law started Academy in 1988. 1988. Okay. Yep. So you guys have been... Long time. Long time. I took over in about 2000, 2005. Okay. So. Did... Did he have any sons? Did anybody else want yeah. to be involved in that? Or are they yeah, just like, a, yeah, I'm out. I have a brother-in-law. His name's Bill. He uh, works in our IT group. Good guy. Okay. So. Did nobody else just want to follow dads? Yep. Uh, he has a bunch Footsteps. of daughters. Okay. His daughters all got married to a bunch of dirtbag son-in-laws like me. <laughs> so. You're the, you're the uh, not the least dirtbag, like... The least dirty. What, yeah, what resonated... What was the whole kind of process there where you... I mean, did you just... That was interesting, and he's like, "Yeah, let's work together." I mean, how does that how that kind of evolve? No, so I was uh, I was, you know, my desires in life were all centered around med school. I over my mission, right? So, yeah, um, I ended up uh, getting my ENT certification right after my mission, and okay. uh, <clears throat> my first ride along after I got my ENT was a shooting in Sandy. I don't know if you remember that Chevy's Mexican restaurant off of Thirteenth East. Uh, up by like yeah, uh, I know like the rest 700 of South. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in 2000, in the spring, after I got home, I went and got my EMT certification. Started working with the Sandy Fire Department. We our fire truck was the first fire truck to respond, and so I was on. This is just a ride along. Well, no. So technically, I was you were, volunteering. You, okay, volunteering. Officially empty. Yeah. yeah. And so my me and my partner, he was a paramedic, and I was his EMT right partner, and we were on triage. And, you know, it was probably like my second day, third day, right? And I was going up to the U to school. And uh, and anyway, like Thursday or Friday night, I don't remember, um, we transported a kid who had a, a compound, compound fracture in his femur. And as we were coming back, um, we heard shots 
outside of our you know fire engine okay as we were coming up the hill and so we pulled over and staged in the there's a big dirt field before that cineplex or that century theaters was there okay parked the truck there and we got out of the truck and we had to wait till the you know scene was secure and <clears throat> anyway um you know super tragic but uh, we responded and i was on triage that night right and so went around and um Eight people were shot and eight people were killed by a guy that was high on meth. And that was uh, Dude, that's wild. Thursday night and Monday what I was the? switching my major. So dang man, it was, it was, it was that and you were just like, I'm, um, yeah. you know, for me it was, you know, I don't know. Growing up, I think I, I think I wanted to be a doctor because I knew doctors that I felt like were able to provide for their family, right? And it seemed like a great way to help people. Yeah. And uh, you know, it just dawned on me that. For whatever reason, at that point, it was like, okay, I can help people, but I'm going to be part of the worst thing that happens to them, probably in their whole life. I'm going to deal with that my whole life, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, went and switched. You know, just got some other jobs. Started going to school. Uh, went to go work. Uh, met my wife's uncle. Went to go work for him at one of the academy branches as like a loan processor. Um, just college job, and you know, I don't think I really ever thought it was going to go anywhere, right? And, yeah, just ended up getting you some money while yeah, you were yeah. going to school. Ended up loving uh, everything about it and started originating loans and loved that process of helping people get into a home. And yeah. it's just a lot of fun. So I happen to be, you know, okay at it. And so, yeah. you know, <laughs> just kind of stuck with just it. Just okay? Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> right. So, you know, it just enjoyed being part of people, um, people's experience when they were, um, in you know having the experience it was awesome right it was hey we're getting into our home a lot of people were, you know, that I worked with were first time home buyers and so it's it it a cool experience yeah, it's, cool. Right? it's, yeah, it's a life changing event you yeah, know absolutely. First time, so beats uh, you know that at the point at the time it was like it beats you know what I was doing right so, yeah so. that's a trick yeah. yeah so how did you how did you rise up through the ranks like what was your Positions uh, there as you were kind of just we were pretty small originator. I mean, yeah. So when you started, how many employees? We maybe had a hundred. That's it. Yeah. Okay. You know, in Utah, maybe Idaho, and uh, you know, I don't know. In spite of all the things that I was really bad at, um, you know, my father-in-law took a shot when I don't know if I would do that for other people, right? <laughs> but just you know, had a lot of different jobs, and some of them I did really good. Some of them I was pretty darn bad at, and. and you know, I, but you know, I've done everything from processing, originating, all the back office stuff, accounting, you know, capital markets jobs. As we grew, because I had to. Yeah. And uh, so, is there any one area that you felt like you excelled? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a pretty good sales guy. I, yeah. And you know, we're a sales organization, and um, we, you know, you think about a sales organization, it's all about people. And helping people realize who they can become, not who they are, right? And uh, that drives me. It's really enjoyable for me. And so, um, creating an environment that allows people to change and succeed and, and become better than they think they can be, um, I really enjoy. And you know, I, you know, that part of it is the people part of the business. Um, you know, the finance part of the business. I, you know, that's that comes pretty second nature to me. So I, I, I like math and sciences and th you know that kind of stuff and so yeah. all the capital market wall street trading stuff uh came pretty easy to me and i enjoy that part too but you know, for me it's all about people so which you guys have plenty of 
Uh, we do. Yeah. I mean, you guys are what? 2,000 plus? Yeah, probably 2,200, 2,300 right now. Okay. So, and, you know, they're... That's awesome. <laughs> For me, um, you know, we you know we we do a great business. We offer a great product to people. But at the end of the day, um, what drives me is I really enjoy um, helping people change. Right? It doesn't really matter what their role is or what their job is, or um, but being part of that process and that transition is a lot of fun for me. It's really re rewarding. Right? Yeah. And I'm fortunate enough that we have a business that allows us to focus on that and still make money. Right. Right. So. <clears throat> that's cool so right now then what what's your like not necessarily your title but what do you what do you focus on weekly daily uh, so I'm chairman of the board so we have a, a gentleman his name is James McPherson he's our CEO great yeah. guy um, which that was fairly recent right uh, about a year ago but okay. you know because that's where you were <clears throat> CEO yeah. right yeah but you know we I hired him probably seven years ago with the intent of making him our CEO okay so you know we've been We've been working on it for a while. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's a great, great guy. Brilliant. Lots, a lot better at things that I, you know, at things that I don't do well, he's very good at. And so it was a really, really good compliment bringing him, bringing him into a leadership role. But, uh, you know, day to day, um, it's, in, you know, it's tough. Do you go to the office every day? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, for okay. sure. No, I got to make sure my kids see me go to work. <laughs> That's right. Um, I don't see you go to the basement. No, I don't go to the basement. <laughs> Um, you know, it just depends on the environment. Um, I spend a lot of time um, um, building or starting new projects or new business lines, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, spend a lot of time with our executive team and our executive leadership group, you know, trying to help them realize their, the visions that they have and trying to, you know, accomplish hard things. I enjoy really difficult tasks. That kind of drives me. And so sometimes I get wrapped up in things I probably shouldn't. Um, you know, because it's fun and it's enjoyable to, you know, go do something really difficult. And so, you know, last year when uh, COVID hit, um, you know, nobody really understood this at the time, I don't think. I think people heard about it, but, uh, you know, there was a significant financial crisis that was brewing that uh, didn't happen. But there was days where we weren't sure that mortgage, the mortgage industry would survive, um, similar to 07. You're talking, now you're talking like, after, after... Well, the hit, not the hysteria. I mean, but after it hit. After it hit, the hysteria happened, right? Yeah, hysteria's happened, and then even then, then it's like, well, crap. I mean, then you you saw things that, so, did so, you see things that this is going to happen, and then somehow it was averted, or? So, so you know, at the time, the market was, people can't work. People can't yep. leave their house. Yep. No one's going to make their mortgage payment. <clears throat> and so the value of mor the mortgage itself and the, the, the asset of a mortgage went to zero overnight. And nobody wanted to service or to own mortgages from an investment standpoint. Was that just a discussion within internal, like, I mean, your industry with like, uh, or you know, is it? It was, it was like the investment community at large yeah. stopped valuing mortgages. And they don't, have a, they don't have a conversation about it. They stopped buying. They stopped right? buying. So yeah. it's, you know, um, the, the value of something is determined by a free market, right? And if people stop buying something overnight, it goes from whatever the value is to zero, right? If there's no buyers. And that, yeah, I mean that literally no one is, yeah, no one's getting their, no one's getting new mortgages or refinancing. But right at, I mean, really, at kind the of time, situation. Um, the fear was is no one's going to pay their payment. Okay. Because no one could work, right? Yeah. And so um, there was you know, probably three or four weeks of time when mortgages stopped trading in a significant way, right? 
and the government was, you know, still is a major player in the mortgage market. And so, you know, um, the government backstop still, still existed, but uh, there was a significant devaluation of mortgages, right? And that hasn't happened since 07. And in many ways, this was as significant, if not more significant, but people started working again. And really what saved, in my opinion, what saved the mortgage market at the time was um, the forbearance plans that were you know, passed and allowed by the federal government to say, okay, you don't have to make your payment. So we don't have to worry about unemployment until you know, nine months from now because everybody has a free pass, right? And yep. then the stimulus package was passed. And so um, you know, that kind of lasted through summer. And at the end of summer, people started working again. And it was like, oh, hey, unemployment numbers are going down and things are gonna be okay. And so then everything kind of got back to normal. Yeah. But, you know, that's, you know, might sound sick, but that's kind of fun for me, right? You know, it's, it's a chaotic time, but, yeah. you know, having a significant problem that nobody knows how to solve, it's interesting. It's fun. It's right? probably good for your employees to see you get involved with yeah. that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, they, they, they see it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so where, so where my, is... My challenge <clears throat> is not getting, is, it's probably being too involved with it. Yeah. <laughs> not getting, yeah. Because it's um, fun, right? Where is Academy at? What states are you guys in? Uh, we're in about 40 states, brick and mortar. Okay. And we originate in probably 46 states. Okay. Um, and, uh, but, you know, primarily we're heavy on the West Coast. We have a fairly large West Coast presence. And then uh, kind of through the South and then up the Eastern, you know, seaboard coast. We, we don't have a lot in the Midwestern states. Okay. We have some, but not, not a lot. <clears throat> were there large differences just in... <clears throat> mortgages being you know happening with utah and like california with the, you know them being really shut down utah still opening and thriving and um you know not, you not significantly most of our, our uh, offices and production comes out of non-metro areas so we're close to big cities but not in them right and so um generally across the country there's been an exodus from cities to the suburbs right and so in any market even in california um you know, people are still working, they're still doing things right, but they're moving out of the cities. And so there's been a significant housing boom across the country right. in all non-metro areas, right? And there's, you know, there's still a significant boom going on in metro areas, but there's a significant boom in all these markets that are outside of large cities or states where people are leaving, right? So, you know, you talk about Salt Lake benefiting from California moving, right? Yeah. A lot of yeah. people are coming here. Boise, a lot of people are going to Boise. A lot of people are going to Texas. Texas, yeah. Arizona. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just this migration out of cities into yeah. more rural areas where people want to live, right? And I think COVID <coughs> accelerated that because people realized, hey, I don't have to go to the office. I don't have to be downtown. I don't, you know, I can work from my house, and that's great. And yeah, and companies all of a sudden accepted it, right? So. Right. And same for you guys. Yeah, you still have people. I mean, if people want to go in the office, are they going in right now? Yeah, so we, you know, we're probably at about thirty percent capacity in our home office, but uh, across the country, um, we kind of left it up to individual offices and states. But uh, <coughs> give people the choice, and some people really want to be in the office, and other people want to work from home. And we just said, hey, you know, it's up to you guys. As long as you can get your work done and, and be safe, right? If you want to come to the office, great. If you want to stay home and work from home, that's great too. You know, it's up yeah. to you guys. We're we're probably. We're probably at thirty percent capacity in our, in our home office right now, okay. and that you know people rotate. A lot of people chose a alternating shift where they'd come in for you know two days a week and then work from home the rest of the time. And you know, so think you'll think you'll follow that trend even when this is done. Yeah, I don't think people want to come back to the office. You don't think they do? Mm -mm. Really? I think in general people are you know 
think about well you, not everybody not everybody but yeah. a lot you yeah. know they enjoy they figured out to work from home they can be with their kids more they can go play more they you know their their schedules are a lot more flexible yeah and so it's you know why would i want to commute to the office you know an hour a day or True. two hours yeah. a day yeah and i can spend that time at home and I can be more productive at home and you know we're seeing people working early in the morning and, you know starting at you know four o'clock in the morning or five in the morning working till noon taking just to get breaks, it done just, just get, get it done, done. Yeah. yeah then they got the rest and, of the you day know, we don't care as long as, as, long know, as they're happy and they're getting their, you know, getting their work done. Yeah, um, I, I love it if they're home. Right? Yeah. They can be with their kids. They can go hiking, go skiing. Go, you know, it's great. So, so does that change your look on your office? Um, like, is that something like, yeah, let's lease out two floors and we'll take the rest? Um, you know, not yet. I think uh, we're still waiting to see what really happens long term. I think that's a really sh- easy short term answer. Like right. I said, but. Uh, um, you know, we're still in a growth phase, and so those empty offices, even if we stay at 30% capacity, might start filling up with, you know, yeah. a more people. But we've definitely shifted to more of an office, um, kind of a rental experience where you know, people say, hey, I'm going to be in the office this day, I'm going to use this desk, versus having an office or a desk that's theirs, they just come in and, you know, use a spot. Yeah. And uh, I think that will allow us to continue to grow without having to take down more space. Mm-hmm. We've heard, uh, I mean, obviously we, we had a, again, a podcast where they, when COVID, they literally, they just got out of every office. Mm-hmm. Now no more. They, they don't even have any office that anybody can go to. And that was one, I mean, that's, that's the extreme side, right? Yeah. And then the other, the other, the other kind of stories we hear, I mean, the, you know, when we talk to people in, in human resources, human capital, they, they've had actually employees switch jobs because the, the job they're going to allows them to go into the office. Yeah, and they weren't even doing that. So that they had, they had people that needed this human interaction. Yep. Um, and and then you know you hear about uh, like these crazy worries of how much commercial real estate is going to be available and all you know, all these vacancies. But I, I just hear so much contradiction where you know, a new new development in Provo. You know, seven. You know, build office building being built. It's already seventy percent. You know, leased out. Not even done. You know, I I don't know if that's you know, fake news or just kind of hype. Or I don't, I don't, I just, it's weird. I just don't know which direction it's really going. Do you guys have like a, a pulse on even the commercial real estate? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think in general, nobody knows. Yeah. I think that's probably the fear that's going on in most people's mind is there's, you know, really hasn't settled down. <clears throat> and until people are truly allowed everywhere to go back to work, whether it's the vaccine. Yeah, I guess, yeah you're not going to know. You don't know, right? But uh, you know, I think there's a few things that we miss as an organization. I think most industries miss this or most companies miss it. I think it's a lot more difficult to actually strategize and create something new from home. Really easy to maintain a business, to manage product, to manage customer service, you know, all those things, but to really have you know, groundbreaking new ideas, new things, new thoughts. Yes. As a team, it typically happens yeah. with a team in, you know, present right you know right now if i if i have an idea and i want to go hammer it out with somebody in their home i've got to schedule a zoom meeting it's probably not immediate and so you know then i'm you know is it really worth it and you know so i i think over time people will start coming back because the innovation happens um innovation doesn't happen in a bubble right and so you've got to be together you've got to be present for that to happen and um most businesses um for their current product line or whatever their services that they offer, it's okay for a while to kind of be a little stagnant, but I think over time, yeah. um, you know, and most of the people that came back to work in our home office are all 
you know, leadership roles where they're trying to create new, they're, you know, they're business growth people, right? It's really hard to do that job sitting at home. That's interesting. I've never thought of it in the way you put it. Because even myself, I mean, I know how I am. I know how I am at the office. I mean, it's not like, I mean, ideas come to you and things that you need to pivot and change just come to you whatever time of the day. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, we've, we've had most of our marketing and sales guys in the office all the way. I mean, yep. even through COVID. And when you, I, you know, you stand up and just walk out of your office and then just can implement something or have creative discussions that, you know, there were times where we did take a whole two weeks off and we had to just chat over like instant messenger. And it just, dude, it's not even close to the yeah. same. At least that's like how I operate. But it's, yeah, that never, I didn't even dawn on me in, in that moment until you kind of just said that. Yep. Um, yeah, there's just so much advantages of, of having key personnel or at least just people. Man, dude, it's such, it's such a, it's such, such a cluster. We're, we're done. We have no idea what's going. Yeah, no, I think everybody's done. Right? Everybody dude, wants so to go back done. to normal, and you know people are respectful, want to be safe, want to you know, protect other people. But at the end of the day, it's like, I just want to, I just want to get back to what I've been doing, right? Yeah. Um, I know, yeah, and it's, then it's a, just so hard. Sorry, I was just, it's just so hard to, you know, when I don't have a personal story of somebody close to me that actually suffered and died. I don't, and it's. It's, so it's difficult for me to relate yep. to the people, like we had a story, you know, just somebody, that, they, a sister and both their parents in one family, and there was an employee of this company, and that company, that, that was a first-hand experience, and so they, I mean, they obviously think about it in a completely different light than me, and, and I don't take that lightly, but it's just, it's so hard to relate. Yep, it is. But, yeah, I, it was just... You know, hopefully the... Uh, I don't know, it starts tapering off and people yeah. are vaccinated or, you know, develop know. immunity to it and we're just done. Yeah, that'd be great. Speaking of that, yep. have you guys had any conversations surrounding the vaccine and whether or not you will make employees get it to come to work? Uh, we won't make anybody do anything. Okay. Right, so... Which has kind of been like the answer I think that we've it's most been had. But like it, yeah. like there was, like yeah, there was one that just said, "Hey, I, yeah, I think we're going to make everybody if they want to come work in the office, they have to have." Yeah, you know, had I, it. I think there's a few things that will dictate who has to and who doesn't. I think you know we do a fair amount of travel internationally as a company. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, you know we're hearing rumors that that's going to be required over time to travel, right? And so you know that'll probably make me get the vaccine, right? Yeah, that's I, which is. I've had COVID already, so yeah. You know, I'm, I figure you know I don't need the shot, but you know Fauci tells me I still need it. <laughs> you know, I think there'll be outside influences that make a lot of people say, and I guess I'm gonna get it right. If you if you have to get a shot to go watch the Jazz play basketball, yeah, you know, people are gonna get it, right? Yeah, they probably will. Probably will. Exactly. I mean, part, yeah. A party that thinks like no. Like, and then you're like, so but ridiculous. I want to go watch the jazz. Too. But yeah, you want to watch the jazz. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, just travel alone. Like, we just came back from a vacation a little bit ago, you know, and that rule hit while we were gone. Yep. So we had to get tested before we came home. Before we came home, and you have to show all your documentation. I mean, it's a pain in the butt. Yep. It made the, the wait to even just to check in, it was like two and a half hours. And the line was not long. Yeah. That should have taken like 15 minutes to get through normal. Yep. I have, a, I have a side bet. I have a bet with a buddy. That, because um, he, he's on the extreme side, like, oh, you're gonna have to have show your vaccine card to go into Walmart. And I'm like, dude, bullshit. There's just no way. I, there's <laughs> no just way. no way I believe no. that. And he's, uh, you know, he's just on the side. 
So then we actually have a side bet that on December 1st this year, a hundred bucks, that if airlines, and specifically Delta, requires a vaccination card to fly domestically, not internationally, just like if you want to go to Tennessee on Delta, you're going to, to from Salt Lake, you're going to have to show a vaccine card before you even get on the airplane. He thinks absolutely that's going to happen. And I said, there's no way. Anyway, I hope I'm right. I hope, that, <laughs> I mean, not, not that I, the vaccine, you know, the vaccinations are great. I mean, a lot of people need them, but I, I really, I hope, and I really don't think that it'll ever get to that point. Um, Anyway, I mean, if it does, I mean, the thing is, the longer that it is like that, the more normal it's just going to be, and it's just you're just going to have to deal with it, and you're going to travel, and you're going to go do what you're going to do, and you're going to show a card like your driver's license, and you're going to be not as pissed a year later that you were when you did it. You know how people are, just the knee-jerk reaction of all this stuff. But, you know, it's uh, conspiracy theories aside, right? There's, yeah. um, there's been a significant shift in people's minds from a, about fear, right? There's... Everyone's fearful about something that in the past we haven't been that fearful about, right? Mm -hmm. you know, even if the flu was a lot more deadly or a lot more contagious, five years ago, would we have required everybody to get a flu vaccine? Yeah. Probably not. Probably yeah. right. That's what I keep thinking about yeah. as a flu. Like, you don't, you don't have to be required to... I haven't got a flu shot in... I've not. I can't. I don't even know how long. 15 years? But, oh. you, know, um, you know, we travel out of the country a lot, and some countries make you have a flu shot before you come. Yeah. Right, and that that happened prior to COVID. So it's like, and back then it was like, all right, I gotta go get a flu shot to, you know, go to Tanzania yeah. or, or other types of vaccines. Just making yeah. sure your other vaccination card is yeah. up to date. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I you know I gotta believe that domestically that won't happen because enough people will be vaccinated, we end up with yeah. you know, herd immunity, and it doesn't matter. And then you're gonna have, you know, the variant <laughs> strains, and then you know these. Killer wasps coming from Australia. <laughs> Dude, the horde. The, what was that? What the hell was that wasp called? Uh, Do you remember that? It was killer? like a killer. Yeah, no, it was a uh, killer bee or killer. No, it, it was like it was the killer something. Yeah, it was something crazy. Man, remember that hit? Remember the earthquake? Yeah. Right when COVID hit. Yeah. Do we had wasps? No big deal. Earthquake? No big deal. COVID still around? No big deal. No. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Exactly. Oh yeah, it's been it's been it. So who do you have? Who's like your main uh, like vice like VP of Human Capital, Human Resource? I don't know what the title you guys kind of use, but yeah, her name's Abby, Abby. Abby Hawkins. Abby Hawkins. Yeah, she's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, how big is that team? If, yeah, if you know, know, I mean, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Probably you know, twenty people. Twenty people. Yeah. yeah. Do you? What's your What's your experience at your company with? obviously the HR role, uh, in terms of involved in, you know, involved in obviously the biggest conversations of the company, you know, cause you, you always hear about like, these HR, you know, um, people in the HR role and the, the term seat at the table. And, you know, sometimes that sometimes some companies that's an executive position, sometimes it's not, sometimes they really, they feel they're not involved and, Obviously, I mean, you got 2,200, well, more than 2,000 employees. And I mean, you, you're helping to probably change lives more for your employees and your company maybe than like customers. You know, you know maybe that's an assumption. But anyway, that's, that's a long question. Just kind of curious of your perspective on that, kind of that position and how it's been with you guys. I think there's two, two parts to your question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, there's the facilitating HR issues. 
part of the business, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Paperwork, onboarding, offboarding, you know, legal issues, all you know, pay, all that stuff. That's that's kind of the that's the that's the background of people issues, right? Or people departments within an organization. And um, you know, in our organization, you know, it's fairly automated, and it's not a it's not a huge group, right? But that's you know, a really small part of what we believe HR is, right? Yeah. Um, you know, as I said earlier, we're we're a sales organization, right? And you know, our people are our most important asset we have as an organization, right? So, everything we do is about HR, right? It's you know, it's not just a department, right? Yeah. The department of HR, you know, they they process, they help, they facilitate. Um, mostly the legal parts of HR, right? Whether it's benefits or you know payroll, you know all those things. But um, you know our organization is all about how do we um, increase the value of our human capital, right? For individuals, for the company, you know, and and that's top of mind at every discussion, right? Whether you're our head sales leader or our ops leader, or you know, that's what we do, you know. So. Um, the facilitation of HR paperwork, um, I hope we never talk about because that's the fun yeah, part of yeah, HR, yeah, right? That's, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, that's what a lot of companies say. You know, they don't have a seat at the table, right? Well, yeah, nobody wants to talk about the paperwork of HR, but everybody wants to talk about how do we make people happy, how do we yes. help them grow, how do yeah, we help them culture. Yeah, culture. I mean, yeah. you know, I think culture is overused a lot, but it's just who you are as an organization and, and the people, um, whether you lo- like it or not, you are who you are, right? And, a lot of times people try to say this is your culture, but your culture is who your people are, right? The values, the the drive that they you know that they have, the what they bring to the organization. It's kind of organic and changes mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Yeah. So, no, you guys had any side, yeah. in your years there any major problems with like with the culture itself? Um, no, I wouldn't say major problems. Um, early on in in my career. Um, you know, the mortgage industry has gone through waves of good and bad culture, right? And I think, you know, 05, 06 was a pretty bad culture environment for the mortgage business, right? There's right. a lot of fraud and a lot of bad actors and you know, individuals that were in the business. And um, they, that alone brought bad culture to organizations. And at the time we were small enough, we didn't get wrapped up in a lot of the bad culture issues, right? Um, but we made some pretty intentional decisions early on around culture and how we were going to um, play in our space. Um, we, we stopped doing the traditional like, you know, sales award booze cruise trips, right? That everybody was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, yeah. we converted to um, service trips. So in you know, probably 09, we made a big shift and we said, we're not, we're not doing cruises. We're not doing these party you know, trips. We're going to go put people to work. Yeah. And uh, made a huge shift. And in my mind, you know, I was I was interested because I'm like, oh, I love going to these places, and we're gonna make a huge difference in these villages and these places we're serving. And, and uh, until a- after we did it, I don't think we realized how big of a difference it would make for our organization and our people, and and who we became, right, because of that. And um, people change when they get out of their comfort box, right? Oh yeah. One of my buddies always says, you know, a change of pace, a change of place, equals a change of perspective, right? And so. Um, un- unknown to us, us shifting our sales award trip to more of a service-oriented environment um, made people change their perspective. And so when they came home, they started to do things in their community that they hadn't done before. And also we started to attract people that liked those things. And so yeah. overall, 
the organization changed um, unintentionally, but intentionally, right? It was, right. You know, the intent was we wanted to change our sales award trips, but over time it changed kind of the core of who we became because so many people wanted to be part of a service organization, not just a sales organization, right? Yeah. So, so does, does every employee have an opportunity to do that, or is this just your top sales performers, um, you know, your... So we do both. So we have a sales award trip that's our, for our President's Club, which is kind of the top guys in the industry, you know, top one percenters in the country. Um, they qualify for that by production numbers. And, you know, those are probably the people that change the most because, um, you know, they, they don't get to experience a lot of things like that, and they're tied to their desk a lot, right? They're really, yeah. really busy. And, um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's probably been five or six years ago we started to sponsor and take just anybody can go trips and we would cover part of the cost and they have to raise money or pay for you know airline flights or whatever so it was a affordable way for anybody to experience it and uh, that really made a huge difference you know and, and you know we do contests where you know anybody in the company can win to go on this trip or that trip by you know the performance or yeah. whatever um, but when we started doing employee trips where anybody can go they have to cover a little bit of the cost but we sponsor the majority of it um, it, it was, it's awesome. Yeah. It, the, those people want to be there. Exactly. Yeah. They're yeah. They probably get a lot more buy-in uh, yeah. and from I mean, people who are especially paying some of their way. Like, the, yeah, like you said, they want to be there. Yeah. They want to make a difference. And, yeah. and we have people that go every trip they can, even if they can't afford it. They're doing fundraisers, that, you know, but it's just, it's a life-changing experience to do something like that. Right. And yeah. So it's, it's pretty fun. Where was your most recent? Um, most recent was... <coughs> um, Ecuador. We went down to Ecuador. We started uh, up in the east of Quito, out in the Amazon jungle. We sponsored a village. Do you usually try to go on every one? Uh, no. No. We, we do too many. Do you, okay. We started doing too many a year. Um, but I, you know, right now we haven't done any for yeah. a year, right? Um, last time I went it was probably February, right before COVID hit. Is everybody itching to? Yeah, get uh, out there. Yeah, no, we have. Uh, so our our village in Ecuador that we sponsored, um, we made commitments to the village, so we just kept doing it with Ecuadorians. So our team on the ground there just started filling our mini expeditions with people from Ecuador, because they weren't locked down as much as we were. And yeah. so, you know, we we built bathrooms and <coughs> you know, latrines, and you know, dug water wells, and you know, just a lot of the basic stuff. That's really all we focus on is kind of water education health right issues yeah um so you know we were planning on being there for probably three or four years and this last year with people from ecuador going and filling those trips for us we're we're pretty close to being done in that village which is great yeah that's awesome so, yeah, it's fun. do you guys ever take any health professionals down with you to yeah we take usually take a doctor and a dentist you get a dr smith down there and yeah we've taken dr smith a few times good um, <laughs> you know it's it's interesting um a lot of you know some of our trips are a little bit extreme, and so we'll bring a doctor to help with the villagers. But a lot of times, it's for our for your stationers. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, we we did a trip down to uh, Peru, and we were up above Cusco. We we're in this village at thirteen thousand feet, and we had probably two hundred people there, Jeez. sleeping in tents. It was unbelievable, but you know. 40 people got altitude sickness. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> so, so our doctor and nurses were there giving IVs to all of us because, you know, we had to adjust to living at 13,000 feet yeah. every week, right? 
Um, but you know, there's they, they do a lot of good. You know, it's interesting. A lot of these places you go, um, their doctor and dentist needs are pretty basic, right? It's you know, I I need to understand um, what it means to be healthy as a pregnant woman. And so the doctor will spend a lot of time teaching you know, proper health and hygiene when you're pregnant, right? And how to deliver a baby for the, the village doctor. The dentist isn't doing you know, fillings, you're pulling teeth. Just right? pulling, right, yeah. I took my son yeah. to Guatemala with us on one of our first <coughs> trips in 2009 or 10. And he was nine at the time. And uh, we pulled in two days. And none of us are dentists, but the dentist would teach us how to no. help him. Oh, yeah. We pulled like 550 teeth in like a two-day period. <laughs> what? And, yeah, and, uh, and my son, nine years old, is helping. He's pulling teeth, right? Okay. Really? And the, the issue is, is they, they are so miserable. Their teeth, it's not like you know the teeth you and I have. They are rotted to the core and falling out anyway, but they're so tender and they have so much infection in their mouth, they can't eat, right? And so they're gumming you know, their tortillas and their beans and it hurts them. Yeah. So you know, we had this one gal show up. She was, uh, I think she said she was 20 years old. She had four teeth that were just beautiful, but just you know, infected and just gross behind the scenes, and no teeth anywhere else. And she sat down on Dr. Smith's chair and said, "Pull all my teeth." And I remember he like turned to the interpreter because they speak Kichi, and he said, "What did she say?" He says she wants you to pull all of her teeth. And he said, well, I, "I can't pull your teeth. Let's see if we can solve them." And she said, "When are you coming back?" And he said, "Well, I don't know. Maybe six months. Maybe not." Yeah. She said, pull them. I can't, I can't deal with it. If you're not coming back, I can't have, you know, I want the teeth out now. So pull it all over teeth. <laughs> so what do they happy. do then from there? It's just they just gum their food yeah, and just. Food, yeah. They eat beans and tortillas, right? That was yeah. what the Guatemalans ate. But they have so little access to health care and dentistry and, you know, just basics. <clears throat> it's like, do I care if I have teeth or do I care if my mouth? Or do I want to eat? Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, okay. So you, I'm trying to, trying to play this out in my head. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, you're there with your son, like you're showing up, you're in a village. Obviously, uh, uh, maybe I'm, this is an assumption, you know, they've never really, they know their teeth hurt. They know their teeth are rotting. They know that it sucks, but they obviously don't pull their own teeth. So, right? so when you show up and then all of a sudden 500 teeth are pulled, I mean, is the village thinking like, what the hell is going on here? Like, I'll... We all have to just agreeing to pull our teeth. I mean, are they just all in? Like, no, pull them, pull them. Once it's explained, hey, we're just going to pull your teeth. We're going to paint, you know, numb you up. Or is it like you have to convince everybody, hey, this is the best thing to, for you to happen. And then there's they're fighting against it a little bit. Because I mean, when you like when you just all of a sudden start pulling teeth, and they're not even they don't even never even considered that in their lives. Well, so a lot of these villages, you know, this village in Guatemala was a 14-hour bus ride from Guatemala City. Yeah. Right? It's up in the Cloud Force region. They have government doctors and dentists that will come to villages, you know, 10 miles away that they have to walk to, and they will pull their teeth. But, you know, it's once every two or three years or, you know. Okay. So it's not, it's not like they don't know no. that this is a thing that happens. No. Yeah. It's just extremely rare. Yep. They don't, you know, may not see a government doctor. Correct. Okay. Ever, right? Yeah. But then they pull out their cell phone and they're texting their buddies. Bull crap. Legit. Like it's, that you see some disturbing <laughs> stuff. You're like, <laughs> dude, you, you're sleeping on the dirt floor and you've got a cell phone. I know, you're texting. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, That's crazy. Is, yeah. I mean, I see that in like places I've visited, like Costa Rica or Mexico or whatever. It's like, everybody's got a cell phone, but you, you don't even, you know, you don't even know where you're sleeping tonight or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You got a cell phone. I guess I just didn't process that like more like re- very, very remote village. You're right, dude. They, 
their teeth are that bad, but they're going to pull out their cell phone at me. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, they want it. You know, the first day you're there, when you show up to the dentist office, and, and you know, we built in that, in that uh, city, we built a big water system, right? And so mm -hmm. they, they were, um, the women of the village in, the, in this specific place, it was called Sekakin, they were walking every day five miles to get clean water. And the year before we got there, I think 40 women died on the trail that were pregnant. They died from just... Falling down, just, just, being sick, you yeah. know, whatever. But on the path back and forth from this water, right? Not healthy, drinking bad water, yes, getting yes. sick, you know, all that yeah. stuff, right? And so we helped them build a water well and, you know, a water system for the village, which, you know, life-changing, right? And, you know, the first day, you know, all the men are working, right? So we've got, you know, 100 people there or whatever, working with all the villagers, building this water system, so all the guys are gone. Well, all the women and the kids show up at the dentist's office, and they're lined up out the door, just, you know, as far as you can see, waiting, because they know this will help them, right? Yeah, okay. Then, then at night, when everybody's done working, and the dentist is, you know, packing up, and we're all trying to go, go back and eat dinner and hang out and have fun, all the men come down and sit on the, you know, <laughs> on the dirt wall outside, and they're just looking, and we'll be like, hey, you want, you know, want to stop you? And they're like, no, because they're scared to death of it. They're scared of the pain. And all the okay. wives are razzing them for not, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So then the last day, all the men come. <coughs> they, teeth like, well, the crap, they're leaving yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, scared to death. But, you know, yeah. what's crazy is none of them have access to, you know, real medicine. So, you know, you think, hey, I'm going to pull all the teeth of this woman, right? And, you know, she's got to be numbed up. So you give her a little bit of, you know, lidocaine. And you think, you know, hey, when she walks away, you got to give her some, like, Percocet or something or, you know, something heavy. They take a half of an Advil and it wipes them out. Really? That's because they don't. That, they've, they've never, never had, had that before. Yeah, and so it's like, oh, it's crazy. in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're giving them this Advil? He's like, oh yeah, they're fine. They're fine. And they come in the next day, and their gums are like healed over, no issues, and they're like, you sleep good? Oh yeah, I slept great. <laughs> that half Advil put me out. <laughs> so, you know. Yes. But then, you know, my son, the reason I you know brought up that one, you know, as a nine-year-old kid, um, blew him away. He had no. You know, we showed up and all the villagers were laughing at him, not because they were making fun of him, but because they were so excited to see a blonde haired blue-eyed kid that they had never seen. And they wanted to touch his hair. And they were giggling about it, right? <laughs> and, you know, he came into me and my dad, he's like, Dad, he was crying. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, they're picking on him, right? Yeah. And I'm like, buddy, they love you. You have no idea. They're so excited that we're here to help them. Just, you know. Yeah. But for a nine-year-old kid to have an experience like that, it just blows them away yeah it changes their you know their their life path and you know all of our employees go through, through a similar experience right a lot of our qualifiers will bring one of their children because they could bring a guest right so they'll bring a teenage child and it just you know it changes how you view the world especially oh, yeah. if you live in a bubble then you know your biggest challenge is my you know my screen and my phone cracked today right yep it's just yeah absolutely yeah that's a great experience <clears throat> how old is he now uh, he's 18 18 yeah, okay Serving an LDS mission right now. Where's he at? Uh, he was assigned to Columbia. Okay. He's sitting in Atlanta. He's sitting in Atlanta? Yep. He's hoping to go in the next month or so. Oh, cool. So How long has he been out? Uh, went out in uh, October. Okay. September, end of September. Yeah. Starting MTC. Awesome. It's terrible. Yeah. As a dad, it's, I got a, it breaks your heart. I got an 18-year-old yeah, graduating high school in uh -huh. June or May. Yeah. He says he wants to go. I think we're getting ready. It'll be it'll be interesting. It's great. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. We're, we're uh, we love talking to him. We talk to him every Monday. Yeah. Don't you? But hold on. Don't you think that's <laughs> hold, kind of hold on? Like these. Um, just wait till wait till your son leaves. I know, I know. Just but you remember like, how we like, were, dude. I mean, I'm yeah. Saying, if you look back at so, your mission and see like him, like he gets a call and FaceTime, like, do you ever feel like it's a disservice? Um, I first thought that I was like, this is weird, right? And I'd be yeah. like, don't don't call us. You don't have to call us, you know. And uh, it is more for us than it is for him. Um, he calls us, and you know, we have four other kids, and he will spend time with each of our kids, talking about what he's doing, what he's working. <clears throat> And what I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, if you're talking all the time to your family, you're going to be homesick, right? And he's like, I'm not homesick. I don't care. You guys, you know, I'm, I'm having a great time. You guys are stuck at home, you know, whatever you're doing, right? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, so that's good. He, uh, he actually said something, you know, probably a month or so ago, it was around Christmas. He said, you know, just you feeling any homesick? He's like, no. He said, Dad, I'm home healthy. Said, what do you mean? That's good. You're home healthy. He said, I'm good. I don't, you know, I love you guys, but I don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. So wait, wait till you get to Columbia. Hopefully, hopefully you feel the same. No, I'm teasing. He should. It sounds like a stud. It sounds like a he great is, kid. Yeah. He is yeah. dying to go to Columbia. That probably vary, I guess, by the missionary, right? Some missionaries, yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't well, care. Like, and we didn't happy to talk to you. I'm not homesick. And others are probably, that probably makes them want to I think the missionaries not be out started and, before COVID and are still out having a hard time because they experienced what they did before. And now they're yeah. just stuck in a house, right? And so it's, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. It's not an easy time to, you know, there's a lot of tough stuff out there. And being a missionary now during COVID, I think is, uh, it's tough. Yeah. Well, and we we didn't mention this. We haven't mentioned. We mentioned a little off air, but you know, we we lived in Ecuador together, yep. right? On our mission, same mission, same area. And I'm telling you, like when I tell people, like my first day experience, which really didn't. I mean, it didn't have like long lasting effect, but it. I mean, when I think back to it, I'm just it blows my mind of arriving in the country, no air conditioning. I go to this house. They just pull out a mattress, no sheets, you know, whatever. And they, you know, and you wake up and you meet this new other missionary you're gonna live with for a while. You you whistle down a, a truck, put your luggage in the back. You ride down this 20, you know, 15 lane highway to a house that has no glass windows, only bars and a fan. <laughs> next to a discotheca, next to the friggin' dance club, right? And this was my experience and it just, cockroaches and you know, you're washing, we had to wash our clothes by hand, but we're in the city, you know, and. It just. Where was your first area? It was Guayaquil. Like I would, what area? Oh, dude, I don't remember. I don't remember the name, but it was fairly close. I mean, it was. Yeah, you know, it was just right there. Yeah. I mean, I was right in the main city, and uh, and I loved it. I did. I loved it all. But it was. It blew my mind. And then, you know, I I honestly wish, a lot of missionaries could experience what kind of we experienced, where this isn't just a really nice apartment in you know Philadelphia. I know you. I know people have to go there. You know that, that's. Cool. <laughs> but you know, it's just it was just it definitely, yeah, definitely a different person. I mean, I know for a fact I would have it, totally different experience, of course, from Ecuador to something like that. But no, I you know every uh, missionary that I meet that's going out, I, I always remind them. You know, it's like pretend you're Indiana Jones, right? Everything you're going to experience is an adventure. Yeah. Don't get too wrapped up about the pain or the <clears throat> difficulty or whatever. It's just, it's fun, man. It's, yeah, it sucks. You know, you're living in an apartment with cockroaches and, <laughs> you know, one of my companions caught a crab out in the freaking like mud hole. Yeah. And stuck, <laughs> in, my, stuck in my pillow at night to be funny. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. That <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Heck. And, you know, well, was, it, I was it funny? Me, um, yeah, it was really funny. 
but yeah. it was hilarious. <laughs> but you know, you experience things, but the change you go through if you have the right attitude is unreal, right? Yeah. The, you know, personal change, spiritual change. You know, it's just it, it's it's impressive. Yeah, so. it is. But well, it's not, good. you know. I don't know. I think COVID makes it hard because you don't get to have those experiences, right? And you're stuck in a house. So bizarre. So yep. bizarre. Yep. Oh, boy. Um, so before we wrap up here, <laughs> how big is Academy compared to, like, your competitors? Because you guys are a big shop, right? I mean. Um, you know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, we measure it probably differently than most, but um, – from a pure loan count standpoint, we originated about 56,000 loans last year. So, you know, that's, that's a fair amount. Yeah. Right? That's uh, in dollars, that's about 15 billion plus, right? Um, and most of those are purchase transactions or loans for people buying homes. That's kind of our focus. We don't do a ton of refis. This last year we did a lot of refis because rates were well, so low. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's refinancing, right? Um, but we, uh, we try to measure ourselves against other independent companies that are not public or owned by big hedge funds and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're up there. We're top five, I would say, country. Okay. If you take out, you know, kind of the big public yeah. or big you know, hedge fund-owned companies, if you add all those back in, we're probably, we're, I mean, we're still small, right? We're, we probably have a one and a half or two percent market share in the whole country of loans okay which is really small right but that's a lot though still it's, it's, i mean the market is very significant right yes yeah you know our, i think our the total mortgage market in 2020 was probably 3.4 trillion dollars you know so we're, we were in the percent last year right yeah so it's, it's pretty big yeah that is big um but you know, we don't really have competitors. We're different enough. We just, compete, we just compete against ourselves. Yeah. yeah. In in what way? In what um, way? Like, what does that mean? You know, I, we're not about just doing loans, right? We happen to be a we're a company that happens to do loans. So you know, we're we're about building people. So. Yeah. It's hard to well, measure that, but that's what we do. That's good. So. I like it. I like you it. happen to be really good at doing loans too. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. yeah. Huh? Bonus. <laughs> Bonus. I love that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good, man. Well, thanks for sharing with us. We're not done yet, but right. we're just moving on to something different. Almost done. Right. We're almost, almost done. We'll wrap yeah. up. Okay. <laughs> so I got three songs. Yep. I'm just going to read you the lyrics. Okay. You just got to tell me who it is. I'm not good at this. Simple <laughs> as that. What's like? You what's your just, what's you your genre? Uh, I'm, I listen to a lot of music, but I don't know who the artists are. So okay, but I'll you have teenage shot. kids. I do have teenage. Probably kids. have to hear all of their. I have a teenage daughter that's pretty focused on music. So yeah. Okay. Well, I went back. What, what, this is. Yeah. What what is this? I got one that's like '80s, and then the other two are '90s. Okay. All right. So we're just going back a little bit. Okay. All right. Number one. Number one. I know there's pain. Why do you lock yourself up in these chains? No one can change your life except for you. Don't ever let anyone step all over you. Just open your heart and your mind. Mm-hmm. It's really fair to feel this way inside. Whoa. 
someday. You can't read it like that. That doesn't help. I mean, I, I know. That's the Whoa. point. Whoa. So the way you're reading it, you <laughs> I know. know. Oh, lock yourself up in these chains. Yeah. I know that lyric. Okay, here, this, 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 this is what you're going to know right here. Someday, somebody's going to make you want to turn around and say goodbye. Until then, baby, are you going to let them hold you down and make you cry? Don't you know? Tom Petty. Don't you know things can change? Things will go your way. Things will go your way. If you hold on for one more day. Can you one hold, more on day. For one day? hold on? Things will go your way. Yeah. Hold on Do for one more day. This is three girls. Don't you know? Is, it, is this yeah. your 80s one? You got to get me in the right year. This, this is, is 90s, this 1990. Okay, this is Wilson Sisters. Wilson. Wilson Phillips. Wilson Phillips. Yeah, I would have never, never got that. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson Sisters. I was so, that was close. Wilson Phillips. Yeah, no, there I'd, were I'd three you girls. Yeah, I don't know how I remember that. You know, I'm I, think it was, I think it was three. Maybe it was I two. The way you read it made me think it was like Alanis Morissette. Or, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Whoa. Uh, okay. All right. That's in parentheses, so you don't like the background singers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Yeah. I'll give it all to you. You're reading okay. the background. All right. This is this is the '80s. <laughs> you might get this one. Actually, there's another one. I think you might actually get both of these. Okay. Okay. On the floors of Tokyo or down in London town to go go, with the record selection and the mirror's reflection. I'm a dancing with myself. When there's no one else in sight in the crowded lonely night, will I wait for so long for my love vibration and I'm dancing with myself? Oh, oh, I'm dancing with myself. Is this like Billy Idol or? There you go. Yep. Dude, there that we was go. Good. There we go. Holy crap, that was I knew. Like, oh, I pulled that up. Yeah. yeah dude, nonchalant. That was good. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Dancing with myself, Billy Idol. Uh, how is that? Dancing how, with myself. Not many guys dancing with themselves. Dancing with myself. Oh, oh, dancing yep. with myself. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah, okay. I get it. All right. Yep. All right. That's, that, that, was, that, was that was a miracle. That's the 80s. Right? I had to take the two first lines out of this one just because it gives it away right there, but it'll it'll come back in. This is 90s. You're back in the 90s. I think we're back in the 90s, yeah. Is this like 90s, like, I pop think 1990. Grunge. This is probably pop. Okay. I think they were bigger in the 80s. Okay, okay. When oh, you see, yeah. This is late 80s. Okay. Okay. I'm heading down the Atlanta highway looking for the love getaway. Oh. Headed for the love getaway. Oh, love getaway. Love shack. I got me a car. Yeah. It's as big as a well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know the group? Baby. Um, no. Love shack, baby. I know the song, but not. Yeah, this is, okay. This is, uh. Don't. Hold <laughs> on. This is, uh. This was not like they didn't like huge for a very long time. No, I don't. They had probably yeah, a few yeah, songs. Maybe a few hits. hits. A few hits. Yeah. Um, the only thing I remember about that video, she had like, didn't she have big hair? Yes. What was the band? B fifty twos. B fifty twos. Oh my god. You know, this reminds yes. me of you know sitting on my couch with my wife when we were first married, watching Beavis and Butthead <laughs> on MTV. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead. Oh. That was the very first. <laughs> CD that I owned was a Beavis and Butthead CD that had like it was like a compilation of artists. Of music, yeah. yeah. Nobody remembers that show started as a reviewer of music videos. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead, the show was they'd sit there and review music videos. Really? Yeah. They were the cartoon dudes just. They were the cartoon dudes making, making, making comments videos. about. They would sit on the couch and oh, the video yeah. would play and then they would talk and in the you'd background. And you watch the video and, and they talk in the background. Yeah. Yeah. That's Beavis awesome. and Butthead. That's funny. We okay. should revive something like that. There was a. Um, 
There's also an old like thing. You remember these like shadow people watching sci-fi movies? Yeah, they did. Yeah. And and it was like one was a robot, one was a thing, oh, yeah, yeah, and then they would just talk about and then they would ad lib over the, yeah. the yeah. over the dialogue. They did revive they, it. Huh? They did. They revived it? Yeah, it's on Netflix, I think. Oh my gosh. I think that's it's different than the original, but they yeah, they went <laughs> back. It was like yeah, some weird name like Science there's, Fiction there's 3000. New. Science Fiction 2000. Nothing's new. Everybody's just yeah. redoing stuff. Yeah. All right, go ahead, COVID. Um, it's all COVID. Okay, so this last part, I have a bunch of would you rather questions, right. and the only rule is you just have to answer. Right. Okay, we have one that we always yes. ask. Here it is. Tiger Woods takes his driver, and he swings as hard as he can right to your shin. You're just looking right at him, dude. Just, just, just cracks one off right of your shin. Barry Bonds takes his home, takes a bat, his home run swing. Swings as hard as he can right to the middle of your back. What do you pick? Would you rather take the Tiger Woods driver to the shin, Barry Bonds, home run swing right to the middle Probably of the back? Probably Barry Bonds. I've already broke my back once. It wasn't that bad. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. There you go. You're like uh, I, I need my shin. You know? No, yeah, yeah. We're, I, I we're both back guys, shin. but. It's like 80-20. 80 shin, 20 back. Granted, yep. it's always the, always the comment of, well, you could get paralyzed. Well, yes, I understand that's a possibility, but I really think I really think I'm going to take that back over the shin. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Would you rather have a mustache, like a full like Tom Selleck mustache, or a mullet for a year? Both. both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do both. At the same time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just cut my mullet. Did you? Yeah, my wife made me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would she make you shave? Like, have you ever done a mustache and she just hates it? Yeah, I try to do one like every Thanksgiving to my wife. It always happens to be around Thanksgiving. Yeah, I I pictures and stuff, and she hates it. Cheaper for a mullet. I don't think she. Yeah, yeah. I, I get no action with mustaches. Mullets are they're cool. Yeah. Kind of hot. Yeah, <laughs> I think the girls like well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no action with mustache. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yep. Uh, would you rather clog the toilet on your on a first date or the first day at a new job? First day at a job. New job. Yeah, but what do you mean? Like you just clog in the bathroom and you leave, or is this like at her apartment or something? Yeah, I would say she something. Finds, something she like she, finds, she like yeah. There's somebody's. She everybody's. Yeah, either you're, they're gonna find out about it, your job or your date. Your date is gonna be like yeah, our first it. date wasn't great. I can get a new job real easy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did <laughs> photocopy your ass and you yeah. still had a job, so you'd, you'd probably be yeah, fine. You bounce around. Yeah, you'd be good. Yeah. All right. Would you rather walk in on your parents having relations or have them walk in on you? <laughs> relations? <laughs> Hold on. Um, your parents walk in with you, with your wife, or you walk in on your parents? Yes. Uh, like, what age are you? Like, how old are you? Like right now. Well, no, I mean, is this like you're 21, newly married, or like you're 45? No, right now. Just right now. In right life, now. right now. In life, right now. I'd probably rather have them walk in on me. I think so too. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Put it. Yeah. yeah. Right yeah. now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Even when I was twenty. I, I guess it's probably <laughs> the same answer no matter what. <laughs> Disregard the qualifying yeah. question. Okay. Would you rather be able to travel everywhere for free or eat everywhere for free? Mm, I don't know. I'd probably say travel. I think I'd go travel. Yeah, food's cheap. Yeah. Food is so good though. It is. But yeah, I would take but travel. You know, you travel yeah, to but, eat. Yeah. yeah. Right? Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. 
You do travel to eat. You do. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather have your name tattooed on your forehead or have no front teeth? <laughs> Probably my name on my forehead. <laughs> oh, I've, I've seen the effects of no teeth. Yeah, I was going to say, you've, yeah. but dude, you've pulled means teeth. That you're fine. Yeah, I know, but you know, that's rough. You then know. you got to tell me, yeah, this is my name. This is my name. You can make up a good story about yeah, that. Yeah, I got drunk, yeah. <laughs> All right, would you rather live in a world where you dance instead of walk or sing instead of talk? Dance? Instead of walk, so you're just you walk. You, you get out of the car. You're going into the store. You have to dance your yeah, way I, all I around. Would probably say yes, dance. but this is just you, not just me. me. Sorry, I'm gonna take that world back. I'm gonna say just you, not everybody else. So you, so you get out of your car and you're just you're boogieing into the store. I, I, that, that'd be me. I'd rather. So no boogie. singing. No singing. Like when you go into check, you know, I, you, any conversation, great, do you just bust I'm them out? I'm not a great singer. So yeah, you know, I'd rather <laughs> spare people the pain. And I'm a terrible dancer, too. Least, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm neither, so. Right? They can look away. <laughs> yeah, you'd it's hard be to like plug an all-time meme, meme dude. Like, it, you yeah. just, people just trying to video it all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. They'd be famous. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have the arms of a baby or the neck of a giraffe? I'd probably say... Hold on. Again, this is this is what you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably say neck of neck of giraffe. There you go. <laughs> you gotta you kind of have to you kind of have to visualize. Yeah, but yeah. dude, Daniel, you can drive, how are you gonna drive? You get a sunroof, big old sunroof, man. In the, in January? Yeah. I, I don't wear, I don't wear a coat ever. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got I mean, to customize If you have arms of a baby, how do you hug your kids in your life? Yeah, you yeah. like maybe you just you know it's, you just can't feel it. It's like just like hey, good night. So you've had... We had a speaker that just came up to our summit. We have like a mini TEDx thing. His name's Nick. I forget his last name. He's uh, down in Australia. He spoke to us over Zoom. No arms and no legs. Really? Awesome, wow, dude. Amazing. Awesome story. He said the one thing that breaks his heart is when his kids say, Dad, I wish you had arms so you could hug me. Well, that breaks so heart. <laughs> yeah. He said that, and I was like, I, I got to have arms. Yeah. You got to have arms. That got to have arms. <laughs> you might not be able to see them with your neck so tall, but you can give them. You can hug. But you can give them a hug. Yeah. yeah. Right. Was uh, COVID bad for you? No. No. Okay. Then I'm not gonna ask that. Uh, pretend like it was bad for me. Pretend like it was oh, bad. It was okay. Me. Would you rather it have so COVID every other month, or have an STD? COVID every other month. Well, which STD? Just, no. just like the worst one. Take your pick. I guess I don't even. I don't, I don't know. even know. I've never had Because I don't know. I don't. I mean, if COVID was really bad, are. you know what I mean. It's like I don't know. That's that suck every other month. You're just. I'll take an STD. <laughs> just because. Just because. Just you never yeah. had one. Yeah, I never had one. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, yeah, we'll see what it's like. We'll see if it compares to COVID. Yeah. <laughs> COVID wasn't that bad. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have your wife's haircut or ha or your wife have your haircut? My wife's haircut. You'd rather have her. Yeah. Okay. All right. Would you rather find out that your wife or your parents were in an adult movie? What did you say? Were in, <laughs> whether your wife or your parents starred in a in an adult movie? Would, like before you? Were I married. would prefer to not find out. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd probably say my probably say my parents. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, right. probably, that's probably. Yeah. I think that's a good. That's a good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> would you rather be half? That's a cool story. 
Yeah, hey. <laughs> well, depending on who you're talking Did to. Did you know? Did you know my you know, like conversation? Two, two truths and a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know? Did you know? You'd win every time. I know. Every time. Uh, would you rather be half your height or double your weight? Half my height. I don't know. That's a hard one. I don't know. That one's tough. Double your weight. Double my weight. I'd probably say half my height. Double my weight. Still do that's four hundred. That's four hundred and like. You're not Plus. leaving your couch if you're 450. I mean, I'm. But you at least, at least, I'm just, I'm just half my height, same, same, yeah. same. You still do stuff. Yeah. Which is. I'm gonna be what, under. Six, I'm three three. I'll yeah. be under three feet. Really? I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Be three. I'd be three feet tall. Three feet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can still do still a lot ride of stuff. a bike. Still, yeah. Yeah. still ski. Still ski. You just like you just in miniature world. Yeah. yeah. You just in miniature world. Okay. Last one. Starting right now at this point of time, yep. would you rather you have to be breastfed for one meal a day from your mom for the rest of your life, or all of your kids starting right now, every kid had to be breastfed for one meal a day for the rest of their life? My kids, hands down. That was easy. That was quick. There's no, there's no even thinking. Yeah, yeah just, that's, uh, not, that's not hard at all. <laughs> Okay, what about going back? Does that answer change? No. No. You're just still... Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> they're tougher than I am. They can deal with that. I, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't do it. Awesome. Okay. That, that's it, man. Thanks, man. Thank yeah, you. It was Thanks good. Me. It was yeah. Fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool.